On this episode of Faith in Focus, we are going to continue the reading of Andrew Murray's book, Abide in Christ. This week will be chapter 2, entitled, And You Shall Find Rest for Your Souls. And as previously, there will be discussion questions from the book listed in the show notes. Also will be linked over to my In Faith Facebook page if you want to follow over there and join a discussion there. Or you can email me your answers to the questions and we'll forward them onto the Facebook page but just would encourage you to be a part of the discussion and hopefully you enjoy this chapter of Abide in Christ by Andrew Murray Hey guys, if you've been a listener of Faith and Focus for a while and have enjoyed what you've been hearing, I would love it if you would consider becoming a monthly supporter of the ministry As a missionary within faith, my work is entirely supported by listeners like you, who believe in the work God has called me to do, and podcasting is just a small part of that. I also teach the Bible at my local church, in the ministry house I live in, and with the young men God has put in my life to disciple. I also do biblical counseling that is entirely donation-based, so your monthly support goes in part to help support counseling sessions for people who may not be able to afford any or all of the cost of counseling. And with your monthly support, I would be able to go on to full-time ministry, which would include more podcast recording, new podcast ideas that we've had, and different forms of online teaching, as well as more availability for counseling sessions. If you'd like to become a monthly supporter, you can email me at dennissotherby at infaith.org or head over to infaith backslash dennis-sotherby. Thank you. Chapter 2, And You Shall Find Rest for Your Souls Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28-29 Rest for the soul, such was the first promise with which the Savior sought to win the heavy-laden sinner. Simple though it appears, the promise is indeed as large and comprehensive as can be found. Rest for the soul. Does it not imply deliverance from every fear, the supply of every need, and the fulfillment of every desire? And now nothing less than this is the prize with which the Savior woos back the wandering one, who is mourning that the rest has not been so abiding or so full as it had hoped to come back and abide in him. Nothing but this was the reason that the rest has either not been found or, if found, has been disturbed or lost again. You did not abide with him. You did not abide in him. Have you ever noticed how, in the original invitation of the Savior to come to him, The promise of rest was repeated twice, and with such a variation in the conditions as might have suggested that abiding rest could only be found in abiding nearness. First the Savior says, Come to me, and I will give you rest. The very moment you come and believe, I will give you rest. The rest of pardon and acceptance. The rest in my love. 
But we know that all God bestows needs time to become fully our own. It must be held firmly and appropriated and assimilated into our innermost being. Without this, not even Christ's giving can make it our very own in full experience and enjoyment. And so the Savior repeats his promise in words that clearly speak not so much of the initial rest with which he welcomes the weary one who comes, but of the deeper and personally appropriated rest of the soul that abides with him. He now not only says, come to me, but take my yoke upon you and learn from me, or become my students, yield yourselves to my training, submit in all things to my will, let your whole life be one with mine. In other words, abide in me. And then he adds, not only I will give, but you will find rest for your souls. The rest he gave at coming will become something you have really found and made your very own, the deeper and abiding rest that comes from longer acquaintance and closer fellowship, from entire surrender and deeper sympathy. Take my yoke and learn from me. Abide in me. This is the path to abiding rest. Do not these words of the Savior show what you have perhaps often sought in vain to know how it is that the rest you at times enjoy is so often lost. It must have been this. You had not understood how entire surrender to Jesus is the secret of perfect rest. Giving up one's whole life to him, for him alone to rule and order it, taking up his yoke and submitting to be led and taught, to learn of him, to abide in him, to be and do only what he wills. These are the conditions of discipleship without which there can be no thought of maintaining the rest that was received on first coming to Christ. The rest is in Christ, and it is not something he gives apart from himself, and so it is only in having him that the rest can really be kept and enjoyed. It is because so many a young believer fails to lay hold of this truth that the rest so speedily passes away. With some, it is that they really did not know. They were never taught how Jesus claims the undivided allegiance of the whole heart and life, how there is not a spot in the whole of life over which he does not wish to reign, or how, in the very least things, his disciples must only seek to please him. They did not know how entire the consecration was that Jesus claimed. With others, those who had some idea of what a very holy life a Christian ought to lead, the mistake was a different one. They could not believe such a life to be a possible attainment. Taking and bearing, and never for a moment laying aside the yoke of Jesus, appeared to them to require such a strain of effort and such an amount of goodness so as to be altogether beyond their reach. The very idea of always, all the day, abiding in Jesus was too high, something they might attain to after a life of holiness and growth, but certainly not what a weak beginner was to start with. They did not know how that when Jesus said, My yoke is easy, he spoke the truth, how just the yoke gives the rest. Because the moment the soul yields itself to obey, the Lord himself gives the strength and joy to do it. 
They did not notice how when he said, learn from me, he added, I am gentle and lowly in heart, to assure them that his gentleness would meet their every need and bear them as a mother bears her feeble child. Oh, they did not know that when he said, abide in me, he only asked the surrender to himself and that his almighty love would hold them firmly and keep and bless them. And so, as some had erred from the lack of full consecration, so these failed because they did not fully trust. These two, consecration and faith, are the essential elements of the Christian life. The giving up all to Jesus and the receiving all from Jesus. They are implied in each other. They are united in the one word, surrender. A full surrender is to obey as well as to trust to trust as well as to obey. With such misunderstanding at the outset, it is no wonder that the disciple life was not one of such joy or strength as he had hoped. In some things, you were led into sin without knowing it, because you had not learned how completely Jesus wanted to rule you, and how you could not keep right for a moment unless you had him very near you. In other words, you knew what sin was, but did not have the power to conquer it because you did not know or believe how entirely Jesus would take charge of you to keep and to help you. Either way, it was not long before the bright joy of your first love was lost and your path, instead of being like the path of the just, shining more and more on the perfect day, became like Israel's wandering in the desert along the way. Never very far, and yet always coming short of the promised rest. Weary soul, since so many years driven to and fro like the panting deer, oh, come and learn this day the lesson that there is a spot where safety and victory, where peace and rest are always sure, and that that spot is always open to you, the heart of Jesus. But sadly, I hear someone say, It is just this abiding in Jesus, always bearing his yoke, to learn from him. That is so difficult, and the very effort to attain to this often disturbs the rest, even more than the sin or the world. What a mistake to speak this way, and yet how often the words are heard. Does it weary the traveler to rest in the house or on the bed where he seeks rest from his fatigue? Or is it a labor to a little child to rest in its mother's arms? Is it not the house that keeps the traveler within its shelter? Do not the arms of the mother sustain and keep the little one? And so it is with Jesus. The soul needs only to yield itself to him, to be still and rest in the confidence that his love has undertaken, and that his faithfulness will perform the work of keeping it safe in the shelter of his bosom. Oh, it is not because the blessing is so great that our little hearts cannot rise to grasp it. It is as if we cannot believe that Christ, the Almighty One, will in very deed teach and keep us all the day. And yet, this is just what he has promised. For without this, he cannot really give us rest. It is as our heart takes in this truth that when he says, Abide in me, learn from me, he really means it, and that it is his own work to keep us abiding when we yield ourselves to him, so that we shall venture to cast ourselves into the arms of his love and abandon ourselves to his blessed keeping. 
It is not the yoke, but resistance to the yoke that makes the difficulty. The wholehearted surrender to Jesus, as at the same time our master and our keeper, finds and secures the rest. Come, my brother, and let us this very day begin to accept the word of Jesus in all simplicity. It is a distinct command, this take my yoke and learn from me, abide in me. A command has to be obeyed. The obedient student asks no questions about possibilities or results. He accepts every order in the confidence that his teacher has provided for all that is needed. The power and the perseverance to abide in the rest and the blessing in abiding, it belongs to the Savior to see to this. It is mine to obey. It is his to provide. Let us this day, in immediate obedience, accept the command and answer boldly, Savior, I abide in you. At your command, I take your yoke. I undertake the duty without delay. I abide in you. Let each consciousness of failure only give new urgency to the command and teach us to listen more earnestly than ever until the Spirit again allows us to hear the voice of Jesus saying with a love and authority that inspires both hope and obedience, Child, abide in me. That word, listened to as coming from himself, will be an end of all doubting, a divine promise of what shall surely be granted. And with ever-increasing simplicity, its meaning will be interpreted. Abiding in Jesus is nothing but the giving up of oneself to be ruled and taught and led, and so resting in the arms of everlasting love. Blessed rest, the fruit and the foretaste and the fellowship of God's own rest, found of those who come to Jesus to abide in him. It is the peace of God the great calm of the eternal world that passes all understanding and that keeps the heart and mind. With this grace secured, we have strength for every duty, courage for every struggle, a blessing in every cross, and the joy of life eternal in death itself. O oh, my Savior, if ever my heart should doubt or fear again, as if the blessing were too great to expect or too high to attain, let me hear your voice to stir my faith and obedience. Abide in me, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. You will find rest for your souls. For further thought, 1. What do you think Jesus meant when he said, You will find rest for your souls? How do you think that kind of rest would demonstrate it in your daily life of faith? 2. What factors could, if you allowed it, keep you from fully abiding in Christ and finding the rest for your soul that he promises those who will simply abide daily? 3. How would a decision to abide in Christ daily change your daily life? What would you lose in that abiding? What would you gain? Once again, thank you for listening to this audio recording of Chapter 2 of Abide in Christ by Andrew Murray. And I would, again, encourage you to head over to the Facebook page. You'll find the link in the show notes. And join the conversation. Answer these questions, food for thought. 
and uh, would love to hear your opinions and love to hear your thoughts on Abiding in Christ by Andrew Murray. Thanks. While Faith in Focus is a ministry of in faith, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of in faith as a mission.